it's almost like accessing daily exercise is like unlocking a new level of the Patterson program. And I know it's in the Patterson program, but I do believe I wasn't as committed to it at the beginning as I was to the food. But when you unlock that new level, that's when it really takes off. That's when you can get off the drugs and stay in remission. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier and happier life. One thing that I think is really valuable is to invite guests back who've been on this podcast before, especially guests who've been uh, maybe over a year since we've spoken to them, to find out if they're still improving and in some cases uh, doing even better than where they were when we spoke to them on the first occasion. And that's exactly the case for today's guest, Vanessa. She was on the podcast a year and a half ago. She was technically medically in remission. Uh, she was still on a couple of medications, and since then, she's been able to take her health to even higher levels and become completely symptom-free without medication. So it's a wonderful uh, place for her to be in, and Vanessa, uh, we're looking forward today to getting your updates and to learn how you got to this next awesome level. G'day. Absolutely. Well, hi, everybody. And thank you so much, Clint, for having me back on. It's an absolute delight to see you again and get the opportunity to check in. Yes, I'm very grateful. For those people who want to go back and listen to Vanessa's first interview, it's called Being Happier and Healthier Working at Home. And you can go and just search for that in the podcast uh, listing under the Rheumatoid Solutions podcast, and that should come up straight away. And the title was chosen because Vanessa runs a business to help others who are entrepreneurs or working from home for large corporations and help them manage their work-life balance. So we talk a lot about that and we talk a lot about her backstory and all the challenges that she faced and how she got into remission. But today we're going to focus on uh, from a year and a half ago until now. So Vanessa, just give us that sort of snapshot. Where were you a year and a half ago on what drugs? And where are you today with your symptoms and drugs? Sure. So when we last spoke, which we just worked out was November 2020, um, so a fair while back, I was in remission, but I was still on about 10 milligrams of prednisolone. And I was also still taking two hydroxychloroquine tablets per day as well. But that was an awful lot less than I had been on originally. You know, I was on the metatrexate, the sulfasalazine and countless other drugs. You know, I was rattling and I think on about 20 milligrams of prednisolone to start with. So it took me a lot to get down to where I was when I spoke to you, you know, all helped so enormously by the Patterson program. So, yeah, my gratitude is eternal. Um, And what happened after that really was. Um, I put into practice basically what we, you and I, had discussed on our one-to-one, which had happened shortly before the podcast recording. And that was to really very single-mindedly put my focus into getting off those last little handful of drugs, but staying in remission. 
And so my strategy actually to on your advice was to focus on getting the prednisolone down first. And I always remember you explaining that those steroids essentially were like a hole in my bucket and all this great effort I was putting in in terms of my diet, daily exercise. You know, I do hot yoga, I do cycling, I meditate every day. It's almost like, yeah, the effort is kind of running out of the hole because I'm essentially, I was damaging my gut with the steroids on a daily basis. And I also felt pretty rotten on them, which a lot of your audience I'm sure will empathize with. So I just started dropping them one milligram at a time. And I think I'd been stuck on 10 for over a year. So I was quite nervous to do it, if I'm honest, because every milligram, you know, causes troubles for weeks. But what I did that I hadn't tried before is that I might in a given week, maybe go 10 milligram one day, then nine the next day, then back to 10, then nine, then 10, then nine, and then eventually be able to stick on nine. I hadn't used that technique before and I found it really worked. It almost like confused my body or found some kind of average, (laughs) which made it possible. And I also massively amped up the exercise. Yeah, that that really continued over the year. Um, It's more than a year, isn't it? It's nearly 18 months now of doing exactly that. And it was easier in the beginning, harder at the end. But, you know, I'm delighted to share that I am now completely drug free and still in remission. And the hydroxychloroquine was the last thing to go. So once I was off all of the prednisolone, I dropped one hydroxychloroquine and then a fortnight later, the second. And I have to say, I noticed no effect, actually. So I'm not sure that was ever really doing anything for me. It's very interesting. Uh, First of all, I just want to um, add a detail there. You did, as we discussed, increase your hydroxychloroquine Uh, to assist with Mm -hmm. the prednisolone reduction. Uh, Yes. Expand on that a little bit. Yeah, it's a really good point. So I actually doubled my hydroxychloroquine, which was my RA consultant actually was already advising I take that level, but I'd dropped it down, not realizing actually that the prednisolone was probably more damaging to my health. So with immediate effect, I doubled up on the hydroxychloroquine and started to taper down on the prednisolone. And that I think is what unlocked me from this page of 10 milligrams that I was stuck in of the prednisolone. Yeah. You know, I'm listening and I'm like, wow, that's exactly what I would do. And then, of course, it's exactly what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funnily enough, it's your advice. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> now, now, for anyone who might be first time at this and think, who's this Clint guy telling people what to do with their drugs? Hang on a second. Let's yeah. just clear this up here. So our conversations that are done in private, uh, these, these, these sort of collaborative discussions over Zoom sessions, uh, there's always a emphasis on having the discussions uh, thereafter with the rheumatologist and making sure that the plan is sound and that it's something that the rheumatologist approves and agrees upon. And so uh, these these just aren't, this isn't sort of a, a guy just acting like a doctor. This is this is just this is someone who looks at the evidence of the gut health and the impacts of these various drugs on gut health. And then says, from this viewpoint, maybe talk to your doctor doctor about Mm -hmm. this because these ones have these effects and these ones don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
Of course, being exposed like we are to wonderful rheumatologists who come on our podcasts and and, and uh, live calls uh, like Dr. Yu and Dr. Nisha Manik and Dr. George Munoz, uh, you know, we learn over the years that everyone agrees that a long-term drug, like a disease-modifying drug, is is more preferable to emphasize than a short-term drug like a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory or a steroid. They're short-term use drugs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so that's all you've done is you've followed a rheumatology sort of protocol, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the patient, we can think, oh, this, uh, you know, the long-term drug, that's more serious. I'll just lower that and stay on the steroid. Mm-hmm. When really, there's not much worse than a steroid for oh. your health, for your gut, for all sorts of side effects that people can research themselves on Google. So well done. Now, when did all this end? Uh, you know, uh, when did we wrap up with the Plaquenil? So I stopped the prednisolone. I got down to zero on the prednisolone end of February of this year. And I have to say, there was a little bit of a kitchen dancing party, just like so thrilled to get that out of my life. I can't even explain. Um, and then the hydroxychloroquine, I had was off that by the end of March. So I've now been, you know, almost three months drug free. Mm. Feels good to say that. You look good. Like you, your, you. your skin is glowing. You're obviously got a, like a, um, a vibrancy about you. Um, other than not noticing anything with your joints, what other feelings did you get both emotionally and physically by um, sort of not having those uh, medications? Well, good question. I think the first thing I noticed was I didn't feel restless anymore. I feel calmer more scented and I believe that was the prednisolone that was creating what I used to describe as like a hummingbird trapped between two panes of glass that's how it used to feel to me in my chest and it used to make me feel rushed and irritable and like I was in this constant forward motion not really even knowing why I was rushing and it was horrible and unsettling and just the norm And I only noticed it when it had gone. Um, So that's been sort of game changing for me just to feel calmer and to feel like there is no rush. You know, I'm still a mom with a six year old and a business to run and a house to run. But I don't I don't feel the same sort of panic and restlessness. So that's lovely. The science says that people who are taking steroids, both prednisone and prednisolone, experience far greater interpersonal stressors so relationship stuff really really unsettles them um have you also noticed uh, not just with that feeling of the reduced hummingbird feeling but are your relationships just a little bit less fragile definitely yeah a hundred percent it's just I, I feel like i have a little bit more distance between my thoughts or the inputs that I'm receiving and my reaction, I've just slowed down. And it's only a fraction of a second, but that is huge when it comes to how you're actually showing up in the world and in relationships, isn't it? You only need a second. Um, yeah. yeah, that's reactionary that, moment. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that that is very significant. 
And I felt that feeling falling as I was going down from the 10, you know, I felt it change around seven. I felt it change again around four, but it's when it went. And it did, I think it took me a good few weeks post stopping to take them. So I think they take a while to come out of your body is my sense. Um, but yeah, I really felt it by sort of March time. I was like, oh, I feel like the old me. So for me, that's probably the most significant thing. But then there's other physical, more physical things such as sleep being deeper, less disturbed. Uh, if I wake now, I can get back to sleep really easily. Whereas before, if I woke, you know, child induced or otherwise, I would just lie there like with thoughts whirring and that's horrible. And obviously rest is just so important to us as, as people that have a, a chronic disease. And also um, my weight, my weight has like stabilized. Um, I'm not puffy, uh, which I was all around my face. And just my gut health generally, I can feel the difference. Um, I am being able to tolerate certain things that I couldn't before. And yeah, I just feel brilliant. And people are noticing differences in me. Like you notice or your skin looks different. People comment on that all the time over the last couple of months skin and just general sorts of energy and um brightness mm. you know it, it's it's sort of um behind the curtains as to what you can feel like when you aren't affected by you know certain uh certain things that we we need for a period mm -hmm. of time mm -hmm. um so let's talk about how you did it and we know the sort of specifics of the, uh, the, the, the milligram from 10 to 9, 10 to 9, and then 999. That one is a, is a, um, a nice little tactic. But, but what enabled you to have the uh, inflammation reduction from elsewhere mm -hmm. so that the dependency on the steroid particularly became less and less? The biggie is exercise definitely because I was I'm a, I'm a rule follower so I was I was doing the Patterson program I'd done all the exclusion and I, I don't have any oils I'm totally plant-based processed foods free like I couldn't change that much about my diet um I could amp up the kale amp up the green juices but you know I, I take turmeric I took more turmeric you know but it had to come from the exercise that was the gap in between what you know sort of the good to great bit I guess and so I that's what I did so I think previously I was maybe getting on my exercise bike like two or three times a week and maybe getting to hot yoga once a week uh, which are my chosen like exercise activities like I love them both um but I basically switched to what I did at the very beginning of the program which is exercising every single day without fail and in a way, exercising every day is easier for me because there is no choice then. If it's, oh, I've committed twice a week, could be today or could be tomorrow because I'm quite tired. If it's every day, it's just like choices removed. And so that was quite game changing for me. And then really enjoying it because what happens, of course, when you're doing more of these things is you get better at them. And I had less pain than I'd had at the beginning of the program or no pain. So I was going to hot yoga, or I still am, maybe three or four times a week. So doubling that and finding, oh, I can do crow pose. Yeah, <laughs> I can never hard. do crow pose without falling on my face. Um, and the same it's thing with cycling. 
<laughs> yeah, really. Don't fall on your face and cry. <laughs> I'm an expert falling on your face. Um, so yes, the cycling as well. You know, I have a Peloton, which I'm very lucky to have, and it's I just love it so much. Mostly, I love the music, and I've always I've found it really energizing for the music. But actually, all of a sudden, when I started doing it four or five times a week rather than one or two. I was like, look at me climbing the leaderboard. I'm not in the bottom 10% anymore. I'm in the middle. And these are like fit people all around the world. And that just felt really good. And it kind of started matching up with the affirmation that I said at the very beginning of the Patterson program, which I think I nicked directly from you, which was to be stronger, fitter, more powerful every day. That's and I still, that's your own. I think about that every day. And all of a sudden I was like, I really am, like I genuinely am. And I think that keeping my body and my immune system busy with the repair of my body after a 90-minute hot yoga session or a 20-minute hit class on the Peloton, it had to do that. It had to repair me from that work. It didn't really have the time or the resources to attack my own joints. It's a it's an interesting sort of... Uh way of thinking about it i i often have the same sort of mentality but in a different phrase i often think with the big joints and there's a swear word when i use it for myself so i won't say it here but you with the big joints you need to beat the s-h-i-t out of them like you need in in a way that works for the joint in a safe way you got to give it to it because that thing is full of oxidative stress it's full of inflammation like a child that hasn't eaten in three days, you have to give it your full attention and yeah. move the heck out of that thing. Yes. Yeah. Safe, repeatable, mm-hmm. ongoing way. Um, mm. Because when the joint is inflamed, it's constantly a source of oxidative stress, of mm-hmm. free radical production. Mm-hmm. The best way to eliminate that is to drive anti-inflammatory molecules into the joint, which can only be done often when there's a Baker's cyst in a knee, for example, with movement. These things can become isolated, trapped, almost, you know, impossible no-go zones for the body. You don't get blood into the cartilage, right? It requires synovial compression for nutrients. Mm -hmm. The whole thing with a joint is movement. Otherwise, it would be a straight bone. It's it's all its purpose is to move. And we've got to give it what it's designed for. And so we've got that going on locally. And then systemically, all the anti-inflammatory associative molecules that come with cardiovascular activity can also relocate all aspects of the body in the same way that inflammation anywhere in the body causes more leaky gut. Mm -hmm. Same, the anti-inflammatory processes involved with systemic exercise cardiovascular exercise can likewise reduce inflammation in the gut and leakiness so we gotta we gotta do what you did we gotta move gotta move every day and the reason i love every day as well is because your immune system doesn't take a day off Uh so you need to continue throw buckets on that thing every day otherwise it's just going to get bigger yeah so every day is how we exercise uh, until we get to a point where the body is super settled. And then at that point, I like to exercise heavily every other day. But that's a oh, luxury okay. position. That is, right? And 
Um, there's nothing wrong with every day. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, you, yeah, you can afford every other day mm-hmm. if you feel tremendous. But if mm-hmm. you're not tremendous and you're in a healing zone mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And there was something magical for me about mixing up the two. So for me, the cycling does something different to the yoga and different types of yoga. So I'll go to like a yoga nidra class, which is actually all about long, long stretches, you know, like a minute, five minutes in one pose, dark room, candles, brain, totally still versus a really like funky, like yoga flow, moving loads, high energy, sweating buckets. You know, they all seem to do different things for me. Um, so it's for me, at the beginning, I just did cycling. But now I've worked out actually having variety, cardio, stretching, hot, cool. It seems to be really good. It, again, I feel like it shakes the body up. It confuses it a little bit and just seems to work. I really love how you say that. I love this concept that I haven't heard before, but there's this almost like doing something that, that is a higher priority than the body just sitting back and destroying joints. It's like, mm-hmm. no, listen to me. Mm-hmm. I want you to repair that muscle that's just been dem- that's been working hard in my quadriceps. I need you to now elongate that fiber in my glute because I've done a five-minute stretch. And mm-hmm. like you say, all these repair and build things that the body can be forced to do as a distractionary mechanism. Mm-hmm. To And, you know, we're talking very colloquially here, but the concepts do seem to play out with great results. And it's funny, you know, hot yoga and cycling, they were my favorites for years. Mm. Cycling for the knees, I just found it so good for the knees. And then the hot yoga for everything else. Oh, like, gosh, really it's just heaven. Just, yeah, it is my, it's my spiritual home, hot yoga. Mm-hmm. It's been so healing. It, it is. It's amazing, isn't it? So uh, some people are often dissatisfied with the solution of exercise. and partly because they feel that it's something that that's maybe too hard or it's something that they just have never really done or they just don't believe that it can be as effective as what it is. And I just want you to now imagine that someone's in front of you and they're like, but Vanessa, what about, um, you know, is, you know, did you take supplements? Is there anything else that you were doing? And I just want you mm-hmm. to look them down the camera and say, it's the exercise. <laughs> yeah. Can, we, can, can you just lay it on a bit stronger? Like, I lay it on. So mm. not a big fan of marketing now, even though that was my job. But Nike had something right, didn't they, with their slogan? Just do it. And I would also think about that every day when I think, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to drive into town and go to hot yoga. But I would actually, I've got to a point where I can be grateful to my RA for being my reason, for being my alert system. I'm like, other people don't have this. They can just sit and watch Netflix for three hours, but I have the responsibility and I'm going to go. And the impact of not going is is so noticeable that it has to be done. And this was, you know, I have been doing the Patterson program now for three and a half years. So it's taken me a while to get to this and to realise just how impactful the exercise is. I really thought it was 90% food, 10% exercise, or maybe like and 1% meditation and affirmations and stuff. And like now, 
I can see it's more like 50-50. And if you don't do the exercise bit, you're getting 50% of the benefit. So well said. That is exactly how I feel as well. Bikram yoga, uh, you know, was the hot yoga that I, uh, well, I, I still like and, and uh, haven't been to for a while, but have cravings and, and will go back at some point. But in his teachings, uh, he says some weird and wonderful, wacky things that, that I don't necessarily agree with. But his sentiment is that, you know, he says, if you do my yoga, you become bulletproof, you become relationship proof, you become sad proof, you become age proof, you become, and he goes on and on and on. And then he says, it don't matter what you eat. You eat hamburger every day. No problem. You do my yoga, you'll stay healthy. And the point is that he's closer to the truth than I would like to admit in Uh that massive amounts of exercise can forgive dietary mistakes and it can just really, it, it can do so much that it can sort of put all of the little stuff that we obsess about in the diet, like, oh, I think I'm as, I think I'm sensitive to like, uh, you know, a blueberry, or I think I'm sensitive to um, broccoli, but not cauliflower. Well, if you're doing Bikram yoga every day, if you're doing hot yoga, if you're on the Peloton for 45 minutes and you're in the mid range of people around the world, your body will not move in its inflammatory state one iota between broccoli and cauliflower. It yeah. just won't. It's because yeah. it's at a different level because yeah. you're, you're fueling it with so much anti-inflammatory and pro-gut health uh, impact with the exercise mm-hmm. that it just puts all that other stuff sort of under the carpet. I agree. Which, and I think something even bigger is happening in my view, which is that you are changing your identity. And I think there's a little bit this happens with the diet. Like there's definitely an identity shift when you become someone that, you know, takes a Tupperware food to a party like yeah you've changed but something bigger happens in terms of your identity when you become somebody who exercises every day like that's unusual and it has such a huge impact on how you feel about yourself stronger fitter more powerful you look different uh, you move in different circles you become part of a different tribe all of that has such an enormous halo effect on all of your other habits, I believe, that you do become a bit bulletproof. You become, you change, you really change, your identity shifts. And that makes willpower almost irrelevant. It's not like, oh, but I really want to have that, I don't know, deep fried whatever. If you're someone that exercises every day, you wouldn't want that anyway. And that that's the shift that's happened for me. Mm, I love it. It's so profound. Uh that you do, you, you start to follow different people on Instagram. Mm. You know, you start to talk about different things at events. You you find that people who are physically in shape are, uh, are as attractive as someone who looks sort of pretty, that you just admire sort of physical sort of yeah. athletic appearance, you think. Health. Yeah, health. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it, it does. It, it sort of gives you also a, a, a sense of insurance with mm. your health that mm-hmm. if you do need something a little off, you've got that sort of daily kind of uh, uh, armor wrapped around mm-hmm. you from your exercise that feels yeah. protective. 
I think that's a really nice way of thinking about it. And, and you're right, without that, when it's diet only, you are so much more vulnerable to mistakes or, you know, just having a day off. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's that's what we needed to. That's the that's what we needed. The word vulnerable. Mm. Your vulnerability goes when you become physically fit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's it. what we needed. That's Boom. it. That's <laughs> your, your vulnerability goes when you're physically fit. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And one of the reasons for that, and of course, always like the science on this, and this is just so this is just so interesting to me is that one of the big things about exercise is that it reduces this overload of free radical activity that's throughout the body that's being generated by the immune system. The white blood cells create free radicals to kill stuff because the free radicals steal electrons from foreign pathogens that are in the body. But in our case, it's doing that to our own cells because it's the perceived threat of our own <laughs> tissues. So the immune system's heavily engaged, free radical production, free radical production, free radical production. And ultimately, no matter how many blueberries we eat, we've become in a state of deficiency of electrons. It's an mm -hmm. oxidative stress. Mm -hmm. The best way to combat that is not through diet. And medications, in most cases, make it worse. The mm -hmm. only way, the only way out is through exercise because mm -hmm. exercise creates a tiny little bit of oxidative stress every time we do it. And the body then overcompensates and builds up more antioxidant enzymes mm -hmm. within ourselves, within our cells, under the molecule of glutathione. And mm -hmm. catalase and superoxide dismutase, which are antioxidant enzymes. And these then are way more, like an order of magnitude more effective at reducing free radical presence in the blood than the diet is. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, the longevity podcasts, a lot of people enjoy and become more popular, all about how to live longer, how to, how to reduce aging. It's all a lot of it. I'd say like a vast bulk of the contents about glutathione, this ultimate antioxidant in our body. Best mm. way, the unbeatable way to improve it is through exercise. And I love so, that. I didn't know all of that science. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. And so what we're doing, we are literally becoming long-term protective against the ups and downs of the disease because it's become cellular. And it becomes mm. not flippant from meal to meal, but it becomes mm. built into our cells mm. in the same way that changing your fatty acid composition of the cell membrane is equally a long-term protective mechanism, mm. like a glutathione mm -hmm. result from exercise. So uh, I, I appreciate us uh, spending some time just to look at mm -hmm. the science behind our, our nice little comment before about the vulnerability goes when you're doing daily exercise and mm. that's why mm. yeah love it it's almost like accessing daily exercise is like unlocking a new level of the patterson program and i know it's in the patterson program but i do believe i wasn't as committed to it at the beginning as i was to the food 
And I know from other people that do the program that it's a similar story. But when you unlock that new level, that's when it really takes off. That's when you can get off the drugs and stay in remission. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's it's the normal progression for everyone. Everyone mm. always focuses on the diet, you know. I, and in fact, the you know, <laughs> I'm uh, in the process of sort of uh, coming to the end of writing a book. And Ooh, in, yes, and and in the chapter on exercise. <laughs> I almost have to beg people to read the chapter because when I know that when I'm giving presentations about it and when I bring up exercise, it's like the time when people want to check the watch and use the bathroom. Yeah. Why is that then? It's just, it's hard. It's harder. Oh, if I knew how to get people to exercise in one or two phrases, I would, I would be a better coach. I would be a better influencer i would be a better person and i'd be more useful um and and i don't and so um i i try and the chapter as it reads now is it's like it just it's it's it draws upon all sorts of things i say like literally sitting you know that the more you sit it's it's a risk factor for death Uh it's related to how how much time you spend sitting each day and in fact you might have even brought this up in our i think i might have done i'm at my standing desk right now like never sit never sit i'm dying as we speak because i'm oh no clear get up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and uh, so that's i mean grip strength right the strength of your grip is an indicator of longevity the stronger your grip the more likely you are to live longer and then in terms of just oh, the science and a lot of things we've been talking about, the glutathione, but then also the antioxidant, uh, sorry, the anti-inflammatory uh, myokines, not cytokines, all these things. Mm. It's just limitless. But will someone take, I don't know what the magic thing is to get people to do it because people are in pain, oh. it hurts them to move. I bet you've read it, but there's an amazing book called The Joy of Movement by Kelly McGonigal. No, I haven't read it. It's really good. She talks about myokines a lot. She is a doctor, I believe. Okay. The Joy of Movement. The Joy of Movement. Brilliant read. It's fascinating. And it actually talks a lot about the power of synchronicity. So when people move together in sync, it releases even more good stuff. Like, forgive me, I can't remember the science, but good stuff in our bodies. Um, It creates, creates oxytocin a feeling of connection and that is all just so wonderful for our health so that's why again I was like oh hot yoga that is part of it I love the fact when I move into warrior two everybody else moves into warrior two and yeah it's a great book yes it's like a uh, a therapeutic exercise dancing all in one Mm. Mm. well look I've had a lot of fun I've done a lot of talking and I I, forgive me if uh, I've used up more of my you know, allocation here. I know it's an interview with you, but when it Not comes to exercise, you know, it's 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 my, it's my passion because uh, you know the diet's there. We we know what to eat. We just follow the program. Getting mm-hmm. people off the couch—that's harder, but that's where the that's the biggest untapped resource for everyone. Totally, it's a great way um, of explaining it, um, mm-hmm. and it just makes you feel brilliant, which is the side effect. Mm-hmm. Now, having said all that. Is there anything else that we should shine a light on for you mm-hmm. before we wrap this up? There is one thing, which for me is like the side order to the main course of exercise and the diet. 
but it's, I found it to be a really good side order. And I started doing acupuncture in March, and which is when, if you remember, I stopped all of the drugs. And I guess I just wanted, I felt like I needed some sort of safety net. And who knows, but I am finding it enormously relaxing. And I'm going maybe once a fortnight and having sessions with a really very highly trusted acupuncturist here in the UK. And it does seem to provide a level of relief, you know, and I don't really have any pain anymore. But in the colder months here in the UK, I can still get a little bit of a just a twinge in my wrist which was my, originally my worst affected joint. And I go and have the acupuncture with her and it goes. So I do think it's a nice little um, additional tool to have in the bag. Works for okay. me. I love it. And I'd like to learn a little more. Um, where do they put the uh, little tiny pins? Mm-hmm. And before you answer that, I'll just give you my I interviewed a guy, Dr. Wertland, W-E-R-T-L-A-N, I think his name, mm-hmm. Dr. Wertland, from South Africa, uh, definitely at the end of his career, maybe two years ago. And he talked about some of the sort of you've got to put acupuncture needles into the, uh, I guess, the um, uh, almost the compulsory places each time. And then practitioners need to be careful to then go closer to the actual affected area. So mm-hmm. my question in a, in a reframed way is, do you get some sort of uh, needles or pins in the same spots every time, almost like the default spots, and then some specific ones near your wrist? Precisely that, yes. And actually, I, I haven't asked why, and I probably should, but the first session, I had them everywhere like you felt like hellraiser i was lying down they were like in my head they were in my neck and i was just like oh god i'm not sure i can do this i actually just fell asleep for 40 minutes it was amazing um and you know the warmth and the darkness like just lovely and of course all that fresh blood like rushing around your body like it's just got to be good for you um subsequent sessions of which i've maybe now had six or seven it's not the same as that. I literally sit on a couch and I have them in my wrist and then in a couple of the finger joints that were affected. Um, but then they also always go in my elbows, um, which aren't affected and never have been. Um, but there seems to be some key points that they go in which aren't affected, like you said, and then right into the joints that were heavily affected and can be twingy. Well, that's fascinating. You know, I didn't even know that. Um, they can go straight into affected joints. Mm. That's really interesting and something mm. I'm going to ask mm. a little bit more about. Uh, my wife sees an acupuncturist every month or so, um, mm-hmm. and she's you know she really enjoys the sessions, but it's also become really good friends with the with the <laughs> practitioner. And yeah. so it's kind of as much as a sort of a, a sort of a uh, uh, talking about life and everything, almost yeah. like a hairdresser. As I mean, that's all the good things, isn't it? That's great. I mean, I just wouldn't be able to stay awake every single time I go, fall asleep. Um, but then I feel my energy spikes massively, usually the day after. I'm so high in energy and centred and, yeah, it's a funny old thing. I don't understand it fully. Um, I'd like to do some more research too, but I think it's interesting and effective enough to talk about with you, um, yeah. something that people might want to explore. 
Yeah. And I think that maybe a little, uh, maybe a micro trauma happens because of the needle and the body mm -hmm. overcompensates and sends mm. in reparative molecules. Mm. Um, um, in the same way, potentially, like when you've got a sore muscle and you press against it and hold pressure against it, um, perhaps that's a different mechanism, but definitely sort of it's like sounding the alarm, hey, come to this area, just mm. focus attention here, body. Get exactly. In and take a look at what's going on. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Thank you very much, Vanessa. Pleasure. Um, Love yeah. catching up with you again. Yeah, and um, I appreciate you... Uh, uh, sharing everything that you've you've shared with us today and and uh, also uh you know just being such an advocate for for health and you know doing all the things that you're doing just being as healthy as you can is as much as you can help other people because we're able to learn from you hear from your experiences and hopefully implement some of it um to all of us who are listening and 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 have similar situation going on yeah of course it's a pleasure and how's business going before we wrap up? Oh, it's going great. Thank you. Yeah. So Wealthy was pretty brand new when I spoke to you before and now it's pretty established. So yeah, we're busy, lots of clients and um, working hard with people to improve the health of their employees, which is so important right now. Um, and the Patterson story gets told every time I meet a new client. So I'm doing some marketing for you as well, Flynn. Well, thank you. I don't know how you're weaving it in, but I appreciate it. I'm sure, I'm sure it's got to do with sort of having to, you know, spend more time at home and and having the work life balance, which is the whole. Yeah, yeah. It's my personal story, really, of my journey to health. So people like to hear that and understand sort of how wealthy was born. So well, it's yeah, but no, it's story. great. It's, it's great. A wonderful busy. story. I'm and, glad uh, that yeah, your business is doing well. If anyone needs to get help with balancing work life, especially. Um, who uh, want to talk to Vanessa, who's got so much to share on this topic, um, then uh, head over to Wealthy. Yeah, it's wealthy.co.uk. .co.uk. All right. Well, thanks, Thank Vanessa. You. And looking forward to maybe chatting to you to another year and uh, we can get the, the next update. But uh, now that you've got all the ducks in a row, I'm sure that uh, you're just going to be rock solid. Thank you. I am so grateful. I know I've already said it, but thank you so much. You know, you've been a huge part of this journey and I feel so well because of the program. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.